Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Breakout begins for the night. Stevenson in, left wing, Pacioretty back out in front of shot. Kid save, rebound, score! Mark Stone ties it! Oh, and a block from behind on the layup attempt by Hamilton. Nuga, great pass ahead to Ham for the slam dunk. Stevenson banks at left point. One-timer, kick save, loose out in front, jammed in! They've scored! Pacioretty puts the Knights on top! He found the loose puck at the left post. He rolled it in over top of Holtby. Knights take the first lead of the day, 5-4, with four minutes to go in the third. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Wow, what a great open to the 4 o'clock hour here at Silver 7s. Ari was just patting himself on the back. That really told the whole story of what happened in sports yesterday. All right, folks, we're out of here. Ari covered the hour with some highlights. Now, Willie's here. Silver 7s is here. We're right by the new Bud Light Lounge. 77 cent beers on the way. Bud, Bud Light, McUltra Bottles. That's at kickoff of Thursday Night Football. We got a good game. Two teams with back against the wall, backs against the wall, and the Vikes. Big screen TVs. And the Steelers. We got, yeah, we got the drop down. We got multiple TVs. You got two bars in this place. Silver and gold at the other end of the property, uh, right down by the uh, William Hill Race and Sports. We'll, we'll get to some numbers later on. Brad Powers will help us break down the Thursday night football game, also Army-Navy, and look ahead to some bowl game value. Not as easy to bet the bowl games this year because of the coaching carousel, because of the transfer portal, because of opt-outs. It's crazy. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four, number five. Yeah, yesterday we talked about, uh, you know, no surprise, Las Vegas by one service with 65 metrics being named America's most fun city. Funnest. I don't like the word funnest. Most fun city. You know what else we are? Eh, Aside from a couple of things we could complain about. But we are a city that when it comes to making money, let's get rid of the friggin' red tape. And let's make money, Willie. Right? From gambling to sports gambling to the wacky tobacco. Right? How quickly did we push through... We had medical marijuana, then we had recreational up for a vote. The residents of the state are like, we're smart. Yes, we want the tax revenue off of weed. Yet you look around the rest of the country, they can't get out of their own way with this stuff, right? And with sports gambling, it's funny. In Florida right now, they've got major problems. Florida! That would be one of the freaking hubs of sports gambling. Do you know how many of the, you know, these guys were control and still probably control it, right? Gambling yeah. is really big in Florida. I, I will tell you, going back, uh, I don't even know why I'm saying going back, whatever, 20 years, right? Uh, I used to be in Florida all the time. A lot of fights, and, uh, you know, I grew up in Florida for like two years. But um, listening to radio in Florida, I was amazed, say, like, eh, it's probably more like 15 years ago, early 2000s, like, my God, they got a lot of gambling content here, yeah. right, in, in, in the Miami area. In Florida, they still don't have legalized sports gambling. New York has completely effed it up. When they come on board, they're going to get destroyed by New Jersey, right? 
uh, Illinois starting to jerk things around now. Like they were all gung ho to get books in all the sporting venues, and now you got a bunch of politicians trying to play games. They're screwing it up. Um, that said, I just read Ohio, and I didn't get to read the story yet. But Ohio apparently gets it, and they're talking about Ohio having so many different options, so many different companies involved that they they're expecting you know record level revenues. And I mention all of this because. You know what? I'll give him a pat on the back. University of Maryland apparently is the first Big Ten program to partner up with a book. Yep. Why not, right? Yeah. Why play games with the stuff? It's Is it legal or is it not legal? If it's legal, then it should be able to be partners with advertising. If the NFL can do it, college sports can do it. So good for Maryland. Yeah, yesterday with point uh, – well, let's say who their partner is. It's uh, points bet. Points bet. Announced Wednesday – the deal is worth seven figures, as reported by my good buddy David Purdom. Does a great job. I remember when he was just a high school reporter in Atlanta. He was writing for uh, a, a betting website. It's going to allow for points bet signage to be shown in and around the university's Xfinity Center and Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium. It'll be featured across Maryland's digital channels, sports radio broadcasts. The, day, the deal also includes a philanthropi, phila, philanthropic philanthropic, philanthropic yeah. component yet to be announced and will provide education on responsible gambling for university staff, students, and fans. Boy, if there was ever a, if there was ever an incentive for maybe, I don't know, we're talking about Las Vegas, but hello, Nevada, Reno, football coach. Yes, we were talking about budgets, but there was ever an incentive to raise some money in a town where sports betting has been legal before everybody else. You can raise some money for the, an athletic budget and beyond. And beyond. Seven figures. There's been some local gaming involvement here and in Reno. I'll look into it for you. What exactly is going on right now? Look into it. I think the more alarming thing is that uh, other states that have legalized gambling are probably going to drag their feet for for a long time and not take advantage of what is a booming industry. You know? Yeah. It's funny you mentioned, I was kind of chuckling, you mentioned Florida. And you said, these guys. I remember. One of the first stories I ever heard about Florida was how they were fixing greyhound races. Have you heard that? Of course. You know yes. how they did that? No, tell me how. Do you know how they You just heard that they were fixing yeah, it, yeah. but you don't know how they did it? No. The They would have the in with the guys who manicured the track, and they would there would be certain races because they moved the – just like with the horses, they moved the starting gate to and from. They would dig the hole a little deeper in certain dogs. <laughs> so when they come out of the gate, they're lower, and they, so the – first dog out has the quicker jump and they they'd alert a certain group bet on six and the sixth we don't want that i do well well, you know i just just want the insight insight. we don't want that we want everything on the up and up number four number four boy Ari sends over the story today uh apparently pat mcafee talk about blowing up he actually assigned a deal with another sports book to be the exclusive sports book of the show Massive four-year deal. Could be worth upwards of $30 million a year. And the first thing I thought of is, one, McAfee's really talented. He's naturally talented. But he's also completely unrestrained, right? 
no holds barred. No. And I thought about all the other athletes who tried Sports Talk Radio. This guy built a brand for himself inside of like five, six years. Because not only does he say basically anything, but he also has so much respect for his show that he uses all of his contacts to get on great guests. I've never understood, and this is not to bash on the jockocracy, but when athletes get into Sports Talk Radio, why they don't use everything at their disposal. And like really jump in and go, you know what, I am a media guy now. I'm not an ex-player who needs to be afraid of what I say. McAfee doesn't care what he says, and now look at how he's cashed in. Well, when when those athletes are first jumping in, aren't they generally jumping in as the co-host or the, the second? Like, they're joining, like we've signed, or this person is coming on with us, so they're not. it's not their show yet. So down the road, when they, you know, they can, they can build on that, right? It, so, I mean, I get what you're saying. But you said the first thing you thought of. First thing I thought of as you're reading this was um, – who are we locking up? Who? who, who wait. <laughs> who, who's, who's we? This show or Lotus? Not Cofield and Company. You're the star. I'm, I'm far from. I'm the company. Um, Adam, Adam, Adam and Adam. Yeah, I mean, I think there's tons of people out there. Well, you know, the other thing is you also uh, you got to make sure that you're partnering up with people who are going to be backing you. And McAfee obviously got really good people behind him. So that's impressive. But I, I just I wanted to pat him on the he back. Know, yeah, he knows the guy's done push. a great job. The the um, and he, you know honestly he probably should. And who knows maybe he will. He probably should slip a little little uh, money behind him to Aaron Rodgers because that that took that show from you know cult status to like mega mainstream status. When you have access to a guy like that who wants to speak every week. That's a home run, and now he's cashed in. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers needs it? No, but I'd buy him a nice Christmas gift. Real nice. Send him a Christmas card. Well, I'm not, I think he needs more than a Christmas card. A Christmas card with some money in it. A lot of gift cards. I might go rogue and go back to what some, I, I some, said. Uh, sportsbook stock. Yeah. Number three. Tiger Woods. I've not been following what's going on with Tiger Woods. I've seen him up and about, right? People are starting to speculate, hey, can he come back? I still think... Uh, yeah, wh- whatever his return is, when he does play golf, it's incredible. His leg was pulverized. Yeah. I mean, the, the description of it was gross, and all the surgeries, that's insane. Shattered. You, you love this fit. story. I do. I think it's fantastic, and I think it's a fantastic return. I think the marketing behind it is is brilliant, but I think it's also very wholesome into where this new, you know, the Tiger Wood, the appreciate When you go through something like that, obviously, you know, the first – Adversity he went through was obviously the car crash and the deal with his, his ex. But now this is something different. And so the comeback is it's always the storyline, right? So I'm sure that his handlers, you know, the, we're going to build the brand. We're going to get you better. But um, his first tournament since the February car crash, he will compete in the parent-child PNC championship in Orlando next weekend. The tournament pairs 20 former major champions with family members in a relaxed event Woods will be playing with his son, Charlie. And as I sent over, this is not only good for golf. This is good for sports because I think Tiger Woods is the type of guy that when he's involved, non-golf, people that don't watch golf, that doesn't mean that you dislike golf. You're just not going to sit there and watch hours and hours in golf. My stepfather, the clown, will sit around all day and never get dressed and watch golf. But the golf channel onto whatever. But 
there are people, you know, I'll never forget when Twitter start, first started coming around. First started coming around. And Tiger, I can't remember what tournament it was, what it may have been, whatever. But I remember tweeting a quote, like a question. You know, sometimes so-and-so said this and then your reply. And I don't remember. It might have been Jordan or my mom. had. Are you watching golf? And I said, no, I'm watching Tiger. And Rick Riley, remember Rick Riley? He retweeted it. And it just, my notification just blew up. Nobody, if you're a Tiger fan, you're watching Tiger Woods. You're not watching golf. And that's how fascinating. So now to come back with his son, the storyline behind it, the comeback, the, uh, you know, the just he people are enamored by him. And so now to have his son, you know, how many people think about how many people are going to analyze his swing. How many videos are we going to see on Twitter that stops, goes in slow motion, has graphics of where his spine's at, where his where the the torso twists and see how he spin uh, his wrist is here and ball placement. I mean, it, the, the comparisons are going to be insane there's going to be so much analysis on charlie that it's going to you watch this thing is going to go wild and it's going to go beyond golf it's going to be and it's going to be good for sports because people are just going to be tuned in number two how about the guys who are often mocked and chided of course only when things go wrong that's when they're noticed the punters the kickers the long snappers Raiders giving them love across the board, especially the punter and the kicker. What'd you make of this one? In a uh, off season that could be filled with lots of change, they will have stability at kicker and punter. To answer your real question, <laughs> we're going to do that now. You're going I, full I, Derek Carr on me. Is that what? It, to answer your is that what question. I was doing? I was dancing around a tough question. I was just simply delivering a message about the punter and the kicker getting some money. To answer your real Let's question, go ahead. Read into it. I. I love the kicker and the punter. They're okay. doing a great job. I think they're both going to go to the. They're both probably going to go to the Pro Bowl. I mean, which I'll be covering, by the way. Uh, so we. The, the bottom line is, we know two people that are coming back next season. I mean, in reality, we all now know that Carlson and Cole are coming back, but there's a question mark on Carr. We don't know if he's coming back, but, Cole. We, but we do know that. AJ Cole and Daniel Carson will be back. Cole four-year deal, twelve million. Carlson four-year deal, eighteen million. They're both top three at their position in terms of pay. How about that? Stability at those positions is important. Ask the well. I was going to actually, I was going to mock on the football team, but they just came in here with their fourteenth kicker of the year and won the freaking game. So, but there is nothing worse than when you're going for a playoff spot, trying to contend, than worrying about your kicker being a freaking nightmare. I got news for you. This kicker deserves all the money he can get because there's. You know damn well that they're not going for it on fourth and three. Get in there and kick a field goal. Number one. Willie with a strong close, just giving the uh, the signal. He's like, get on, let's go. Number one. All right, big win last night for the Golden Knights. Maybe you can get them on a real roll here. They took out one of the hotter teams. I don't know if it's one of the better teams, but hotter teams in the NHL and the Dallas Stars who had won seven in a row. They were out to two-goal leads on multiple occasions. They come from behind to win the game, but I'll tell you, had that not happened, the story of the day today was how the fans treated Robin Leonard when he got pulled. What the hell was going on? Oh, that was still the story. I mean, the paper of record. That was the. I mean, it was the the it was the headline, and then the semicolon, and they rallied for the win. So, 
after letting in three power play goals, second period, all of a sudden we're all sitting there and, we, and it's just you hear this kind of, it just kind of was like, you know, hushed crowd as it is after a goal. And then as we're sitting there typing up, everybody's scrambling to type a tweet, however they're going to tweet it. You know, Dallas's power play, VGK's penalty. All of a sudden you hear a roar. Mateo was there. He heard it. We hear a roar from the crowd. Cheering. We haven't had the puck drop for the after the Stars got their third goal. And we look down. Leonard has been pulled. Brassois is gliding onto the ice. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that every time we talk about the backup goalie. Brassois comes in between the pipes, and the crowd loved it. And I got news for you. Since the theme of the day is Weary Willy, all of you clowns that decided to cheer, get over it. He's in Chicago now. He just lost his attempt at the 500th win. Those of you that are still pissed and don't like Robin Leonard because you love Marc-Andre Fleury, when Vegas makes a run at the Stanley Cup, when they're fully healthy and they start and they may go on one of their patented winning streaks and Leonard's a big part of it, don't you dare start cheering. Don't you dare start becoming a fan again. Don't you dare start using your season tickets. You better stand up and stay true to your fandom toward the flower. And I like Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm not bashing him. It's just that y'all are silly cheering this guy. when he's been, He was a big part of the fact that after a 1-4 start, this team reeled off. A slew of wins went on a win streak and climbed into third, fourth. It's been battling third, fourth, fifth. It's crazy to think that they have two more uh, two more games on the homestand. Yes, two more games on the homestand. They could be really close to first place depending on what happens with the rest of the Pacific Division. As of right now, they have 30 points in fourth. They're two back of Edmonton, three back of Anaheim, Five back at Calgary. They got two more home games. So by the time they go back to their next road trip, they would have third. They could have thirty-four points. Now, depending on what Edmonton, An- Anaheim, and Calgary do, they could be sitting in second place. And a big part of that is because of Robin Leonard. It's the Big Five at Four, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Five seven zero nine zero zero zero. I've always loved playing there. It's just such a cool atmosphere just as a football player to get to play, you know, play in and, you know, hear their chant and all that kind of stuff. Uh, their fans aren't so nice to us, but still, it's a really cool atmosphere to be in. It's super loud. I've always liked playing in loud stadiums anyway. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Boy, Willie does not let go of things easily. Just rolling his eyes during that Derek Carr talking about Arrowhead. We'll, we'll work this out eventually. We'll work this out eventually. Paul Gutierrez was giving me crap. Busting your chops? Yeah, because I had to do Cofield and Company yesterday, and I had a Golden Knights game to cover. I'm not driving all the way out there when I don't necessarily have an assignment that I have to do. Did he claim you backed down? Yeah. You didn't show up? Yeah. 
By the way, what was going on? Uh, I heard there was like a post-game thing where a media member was ranting and raving. and I'm not getting into it. And I guess other people were like, well, get the mic and ask him a tough question. I and, said and then And then the per- – oh, you said that to the person. Absolutely. And then that person stormed out and didn't stay around. And then you were left holding the bag, and you're like, all right, I'll ask a tough question. We got people storming out Man. when they're all mad? First of all, as a media member, you shouldn't be mad about the Raiders. The, per- the, the Raiders' performance. The, the, Cover the team. Calm one down. person was asking another person, you know – is it wrong that this is? I can't remember what the topic was. I was like, ask the tough question. I'm not afraid to ask the tough question. I'll ask the, t- I ask the tough and question. And then what happened? And then brought up another thing, and I said, they brought up something. Gosh, I can't remember what the t- what it was, but I was like, Tashawn, you know, because Tashawn from The Athletic, he was sitting right there. I was like, Tashawn said that in the first quarter. He tweeted that out. That He'd been said that. So then I think Derek was – First, whoever was first person, and then after that, that person wow. disappeared. But whatever. It's, I mean, it's no big deal. A lot deal. of I angst. Think. A lot of angst. I was radio, uh, Raider media. I, I wasn't being, but I wasn't, but I wasn't being mean, and I was actually just like going, like it'd be, it would, say it was, something if it, you're mad. Yeah, go ahead and it, ask it, him yeah, a tough question. Yeah, it was like you and I just sitting here and me going, hey, well, ask a tough question, let's, and let's, let's go, go Cofield, and then, and, and, and you know, but. He, I, maybe he just felt like I was challenging him in front of other people, which I wasn't. That, you know, and he, he's claimed, he said to me, you know, you bust a lot of, he, uh, I don't know, can I say that word? Bust a lot of chops, horns. Bust. You don't have to use the other word. Yeah, I don't. But, that's, but uh, he used the other word and just said, look, there's Pierre Edward Barmar on the TV. Um, he said that another time, told me that I bust a lot. Of, that, that, that I was like, come on. Whatever. Relax, Grow up. Yeah. Yeah, Vegas like, media. You got to You got You got to have thick it. skin. You got to have thick it's all skin. media. One thing that I've learned: if you dish it, you got to take it. In this, in this market, especially on this show. Yep. I'm I'm going out of town the week of Festivus. No, you're not. <laughs> you're the one who knows that week. <laughs> all week. <laughs> I, I probably won't handle it. I'll get angry. Well, speaking of uh, dishing it and taking it, as Willie was saying. For the Golden Knights fans who seem to be sort of jubilant slash we were going to send a message to Robin Leonard last night for giving up three power play goals. And by the way, multiple teammates stepped up and said, hey, the fact that Leonard's getting pulled is a shot at us. Right. Not that the fan, not the fan's reaction, but that he had to be pulled is a shot at us. Yep. You tell me because I was going to guarantee something, but I don't know for sure. Players see that. The other players see that. So that will that will stick in the craw of some of the players. That their fans were booing their guy. Not, not everyone's gonna let that just roll off. I think you you'll you'll hear some references to it down the road. Yeah. See, we've been talking about this at every level in this town. We've been talking about this since before we had pro teams. This town, you said you used the word yesterday. This town is fickle. They are temperamental, and I get it. It's good to be passionate, but to be turncoat, to be fair-weathered is ridiculous. And you cannot hold again. First of all, it's not Robin Leonard's fault that Marc-Andre Fleury's not here. Management sent him. Robin Leonard didn't pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, let me call the Blackhawks and cut the deal. I mean, Robin Leonard came in and did his job. To the best of his ability, 
and took the job. And I will repeat this every single time that, that this is brought up this year or for, what, or for the rest of time. The people that are buying the season tickets, the people that are paying the top dollar off the secondary market, the 18,000x amount of people that are going into that arena, they are fans of the Golden Knights for one ultimate reason, and that is to win the Stanley Cup. Not to go, it's, it's nice to go once in a while and have the entertainment value and watch the pregame show and see Mark and Katie host and so on and so forth. But they want to win the cup. They want to watch the Stanley Cup get hoisted. Winning six, that's what Bill Foley said. Well, guess what? Three of the four years, they made it to the conference final. One of the th- four, they've been in the Stanley Cup final. Three of the four, your starting goaltender was Marc-Andre Fleury. And when it comes down to it, it's like having the starting quarterback. It's like having the ace pitcher. It's like having the key reliever. Marc-Andre Fleury didn't win. He lost fully that was in net last night. He lost the complexion of the Montreal series last year was on one fatal mistake made by Marc-Andre Fleury. Great guy. Great father. Great goaltender. Fun to cover. Great conversationalist. Off the record, hilarious. Can drop the F-bomb with the best of us. Told some great stories. But he didn't win the Stanley Cup, and he's costing a lot of money. So they moved on. It's time to support the guy who has helped this team get to where it's at with a shorthanded roster and that's getting better because those fans that were cheering for him to leave last night, that first shutout, if you're in the stands, you better not cheer. <laughs> I think Willie, I think Willie's going to come downstairs. So up in the, uh, this, the, the ring upstairs, he's going to look down and target some of you guys. You turncoats, you know. Watch yourselves, you know. Watch yourself on the concourse. When you first wearing a flurry jersey, you're a target. When you first approached me and said, "Willie, it's time you become a part of this full time. You, you you need to be a part of the company. You need to get paid. You, you're filling in here and there. I need you, you're gonna come. We need the nice balance. We got Adam, the angry guy. We got Candy with the snippety snark. We need a nice <laughs> voice. <laughs> the snippety <laughs> this By the way, I don't know if I said any of this, but keep going. <laughs> a lot. Of, you did. You said you're the nice balance. You're the balance. You're the nice guy. It's very accurate. I, I think. Well, not right now. I, I, not I, this last week or so. The fans have brought it out. I don't know if it's the fans or the show or what. I'm afraid to drive home sometimes after doing this show. <laughs> At the William Hill Race and Sportsbook, sign up for the mobile betting app and get $50 added to your account. I think this is a big game for Mike Zimmer. You know, obviously coming off the Detroit Lions debacle last week, losing to Detroit in Detroit. Short week against Pittsburgh Steelers. You got guys coming back from injury. Man, if they lose this game, I just don't see a pass for them to get to the postseason. And ultimately, I think that spells doom for Mike Zimmer. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Vikings three and a half, totals 44 and a half. It's Vikings and Steelers. That was the voice of uh, Damian Woody, ESPN analyst, former NFL player. Yeah, it makes it tough at five and eight to make the playoffs, and I'm guessing that's why Dalvin Cook is pulling out all the stops tonight. He is back. He is playing. He will play with a shoulder harness. 
That doesn't sound pleasant, but he has done that before. January 2020 wildcard game against the Saints. He had 31 touches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. So they expect him to maintain his regular workload, as Sheffy says. I don't know why the odds makers insist on giving the Vikings continued respect. I really don't. I mean, I I don't know if they should be favored tonight. Cause I, I, it Sounds com- like a good time for you to bet the Steelers. What comes down to plus in, three a, and a half. In, in a game like this, yeah. I put, I believe in a game like where because you you can't tell me there's not uh, outside of Vikings fans unless you have like an elaborate computer system like the computer boys back in the day you got something that spit it out like or you're a sharp or for you cannot tell me that this is there's a clear cut choice and it's like oh I'm betting this like and when it comes down to a game like this I think you have to look at who's under the coaching head sites. There is no way that anybody's thinking that Mike Zimmer can outcoach Mike Tomlin. I mean, come on, dude. This is you have to just sit back in week 14 and ask yourself in a game between disappointments, both extreme long shots to make the playoffs, which coach do you trust more? You give me one team to prepare for, I'm siding with Tomlin over most anybody else in the league. I don't know how Zimmer still has a job. So, I like the Steelers. I mean, Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say the other low-hanging fruit on this one, and, you know, we don't have to just analyze the quarterbacks to break down a football game, but I don't think Big Ben is any good anymore. No. But Kirk Cousins, man, I don't have the updated numbers in front of me, but looking back at his history in prime time, it ain't good. He's four, He was uh, coming into this year, he was 4-11-1 prime time. That's ATS, I'm sorry. ATS, 4-11-1 ATS. I actually feel bad for the dude because I think that he's kind of in a screwed situation. I mean, he leads the league with the lowest interception percentage, so you kind of got to toss that out. I mean, it's for, in terms of, you know, because the Steelers and Vikings, they rank 1-2 and two in sack production by one sack. Steelers have the most sacks. Vikings are right behind them. Um, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is the Midwest version of? You're not going to say it. Oh, Derek Carr, except I, he's actually won a little more. But it's one of those things. You look at the numbers every year. I mean, the numbers, he's he's 10th in QBR. Carr's 12th. This year, Cousins is thrown for 3,353 yards, 25 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Yeah. Sounds like a winner to me. And he doesn't get sacked a lot. He ranks third in sack percentage. Big Ben, fourth. He's not making too many mis- uh, in terms of uh, interception percentage. Ben, ben ranks fourth, isn't making too many mistakes. He's got the experience on Kirk. Um, the nuts and bolts, Big Ben's average yards per attempt has been over eight in three of the last five games. It's 6.77 per game. It's been 7.57 or higher in five of the 12 games he's played. Now, what's the one knock on the Steelers that people are giving them as of late? Well, they tied the Detroit Lions, the lowly Detroit. Big Ben didn't play in that game. Cousins played in the loss, didn't he, to the Lions? So the Steelers have a top 10 third down conversion rate. So it helps with that veteran presence. And Big Ben, in the fourth quarter, he ranks tied for second this year with fourth quarter comebacks this season, four of them. So Steelers have covered 13 of their last 18 of a road underdog. Give me Pittsburgh plus the points. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company.
Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. BradPowerSports.com, at BradPower7 up on Twitter. We're down here at Silver 7s about uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes away from kickoff, so we bring in Brad for uh, some football knowledge on the NFL, but especially bowl season. Got to get his comments on some of the hires and open jobs out there as well around college football. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me on. What do you got? What do you got tonight? We doing anything with this? We got 44 and a half. We got the Vikings over the Steelers by three and a half. Yeah, not much. Uh, I would say a pizza lean on Pittsburgh plus three and a half. It's just not a great spot, though, for the Steelers off a you know, big win over a division rival traveling on a short week. But when you look at these two teams and how they've fared in close games and the spread says it's going to be relatively close, I mean, how can you not bet Pittsburgh? I mean, they're 6-1-1 and one in one-possession games, and Minnesota's lost seven games by a combined 28 points. I expect another game to come down on the wire. I'll take the hook with the dog. On the bowl game front, I think because of the guessing slash research game, I don't think I've been into a bowl season this much, like in the in a long time. For guys who really bet money, like is it driving you nuts? Or I think we talked about it. Like you, you might have an advantage because there's so much upheaval, and you get an edge if you can find out really what's going on. I love it. Uh, I you know I don't use this lightly, but I think it's even gotten more advantageous because you used to have to guess. You know, is this team going to be motivated or not? Now you just see clear signs if a team's going to be motivated. Why? Because I mean, players will opt out. They'll leave early for the draft. They'll enter the transfer portal. Uh, I mean, interim coaches. I mean, a lot of times you, you don't even see coaches stay on like you used to. So. I find myself fading a lot of those teams with interim coaches. I'm not saying you yeah. wake up on game day and you automatically fade the interim coach. Just know full well that that's already baked into the line. I think you can find a lot of value. I love it. I've already bet 43. Uh, I've already made 43 bets already. <laughs> that's awesome because I've been touting all week that, like, I made six bets. But on uh, on Sunday I noticed, and sometimes I spite bet and I just lose money out of spite. Um, but I, I saw another handicapper who was like, I'm going to lay back. Yeah, you know, lots going on, and I'm like, I'm not laying back. I'm taking a guess here at what's going to happen, and you know, more often than not, in the six spots that I guessed on, I've been right. I'll give you one of them. Uh, the Reno Western Michigan line is insane. I got yep. Western Michigan plus six and a half. I'm with you. I got plus six and a half as well. So, yep. Uh, yep. I mean, that was just a number one. It was a bad number to begin with. Uh, number two. You know, I had some doubts on whether or not Carson Strong was going to play. I had no idea that Norvell was going to leave. And obviously now you got a whole coaching staff uh, on turmoil. So, I mean, that, you know, you're going to sit back and relax. Meanwhile, guys like you and me got, got more than a touchdown of line value already. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah, I, well, I'm going to bet. I, yeah, I mean, come on. I'm going to bet. Me versus the bookie. Yeah, I'm going to know more than him when it comes to college football. Well, on a lot of it, like, like that's that's the way I looked at it. Hey, which quarterbacks are going to the NFL who are probably going to opt out and not play? Like the latest one people are speculating on, and I think he may have given a clue on the Dan Patrick show the other day, is Kenny Pickett, um, Pittsburgh, and, and Michigan State. And I got Michigan State plus three and a half, and now there's some Michigan State's one because, it, I mean, if Kenny Pickett's going to be a first-round pick, he can't play in the game. Can he? I mean, really? No, and I don't think he will without his offensive coordinator. I mean, that was that kind too. of the start of it. And they have such a close relationship. I mean, when you when you got the news that the offense coordinator was leaving, you probably should have thought to yourself, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doubting whether or not Kenny Bickett's going to play. Now, if you're racing to bet Michigan State minus one, already know that the Lions move five and a half points. I'm not saying that 
you know, I still wouldn't lean Michigan State because I certainly would if Kenny Pickett doesn't play. I think Michigan State probably should be right around a three-point favorite. But, you know, don't act like you got the, this great bet now after the line's already moved five and a half points. We'll hit some more bowl games in a second and get to the final four numbers because i, I got to get your thoughts on, on those two matchups. But do you jump in on the F, uh, FCS Elite Eight this weekend? I do. I mean, believe it or not, I probably bet half of every single FCS game this year. Uh, and people are asking me about these games now. Believe it or not, I mean, I, I probably made like 300 bets in the FCS this year. These lines are getting tighter now at this point. Uh, I mean, there, there was games that I thought were off more than a touchdown during uh, the regular season. But wow. now you're starting to get to the point where they're not. Now you're just looking for, you know, like the FBS, your half points and points above key numbers. I did make one bet. I like Montana State. I bet them plus eight. I've still bet them plus seven against Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State has not played a very tough schedule. They play in a weaker conference. Montana State plays in the Big Sky, one of the better conferences at the FCS level. I like Montana State plus the points. You know, we follow Montana here because Bobby Houck was at UNLV, you know, two different stops now at Montana. Is James Madison this good? They're laying seven and a half, eight? Yeah, they are. I mean, James Madison, I mean, if you've been following James Madison over the last probably six, seven years, they're the second best program in the FCS, obviously behind North Dakota State. Uh, and statistically speaking, you know, Montana's looked good uh, as of late, beating Montana State and Eastern Washington in their last two games, but they did not impress me for a majority of the season outside of the win against Washington, statistically speaking. And, you know, I made this number, James Madison, eight, so I'd actually lean on JMU here. Back to the bowl games. Give people your advice that you give every year on the dog and making sure that you sprinkle uh, money on the outright win. Yeah, so, I mean, the bowl games are much higher variance than the regular season. So, I mean, if you're looking to bet the the underdog, a lot of times the underdog forget just the recovering. They win the game outright because, I mean, also you're dealing with shorter spreads. But they just, you know, upsets happen much more frequently in bowl games. So, if you are going to bet the underdog, you know, take a little bit of that, you know, full unit bet that you're making on the spread and reserve a little bit on the money line. You'll come out. You'll come out, uh, you know, more ahead, believe it or not, just because of the propensity for there to be more outright upsets. 100% agree with you, Brad. It's 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 almost like the first two days of the uh, NC2A tournament. I couldn't agree with you more. I have a spreadsheet program that I run every single year. It's patterned after. It's not identical, but it's patterned after somewhat of what the computer boys did back in the 80s in how to determine underdogs predicted to win outright. I have followed it for I can't tell me how many years, and it, the first thing I look for are underdogs predicted to win outright, and I can't wait to run the numbers. I've actually got it down on my schedule to do tonight. One of the ones that are popping, and I can't wait to see what it comes up with because I've obviously followed this team in covering um, some games at Allegiant this year out of the Mountain West is Utah State. I'm intrigued by this team because of that it plays – three facets in that it's very good on offense with Devin Tompkins. It has a lethal kick returner in Savon Scarver, and it's got a very solid defense. What's your take on Utah State against Oregon State? I actually lean with Oregon State, although I just, you know, faded Utah State last week and obviously got my teeth kicked down my throat in the Mountain West <laughs> Championship game. So, I mean, I have upgraded Utah State about as much as any team in the country this year. I think Anderson should be up for National Coach of the Year, considering what he's did, done in just one year there. Not familiar with the area and what and whatnot. I just the reason I'm leaning Oregon State, besides my numbers calling for it, is Oregon State. I I don't th- think I have to question their motivation. This is a program that hasn't been a bowl game in a decade. 
they'll, they'll be fired up, even though they're only playing Utah State. They'll be fired up to be playing in that bowl game. You know, a Saturday night, ABC, you're in Los Angeles, playing in SoFi Stadium. I, I like the Beavers here. You talked about San Diego State getting your teeth kicked in. They're going to go to uh, Toyota Stadium in Frisco and play UTSA. Steve had a chance to cover them and see them in person when they hosted UNLV. Um, would you say that the line, that line sitting around two and a half everywhere, is because the game is in Texas? Because I would think San Diego State's going to want to bounce back. Um, Brady's going to have that team fired up. Um, they have some great a great uh, support staff and his assistant coaches. I, I would think the Aztecs want to bounce back. There's another underdog. I'm wondering if it's live. Uh, you know, the money is certainly agree with you. My power rings actually lean more towards the UTSA side, which, you know, is saying something because I would say my strongest power rating last week was on San Diego State. Now my power ratings are, say, to play against uh, San Diego State. So, uh, I'll have to, I haven't made a bet. This is one of the rare ones where I haven't made a bet. I think you're mistaken if you're not at least giving UTSA a half a point or so because they will have the crowd edge, and they have had crowd support. If you watch a couple of their games, I mean, they've had thirty to 40,000 at their games this year. So uh, I expect them uh, to, to, to have a major crowd advantage in this one. All right, so I'm 0 for 2 in trying to pick your brain for underdogs on. to win outright. But <laughs> saving his money. So what what, what – is or what has stood out in terms of an underdog, a live dog, in when you look at a, a matchup where a team could be unmotivated because of maybe a disappointing finish and it, or it ends up having to settle what they consider to be settling for a bowl game and they're just – have you pinpointed one of those teams that just on stature alone it's laying points but you think it's going to be disappointed to be there and a little unmotivated? So, I mean, one of the, my favorite bets that I made uh, a few days ago was UTEP. I wanted to play against Fresno State. I didn't care who they were playing against, obviously because they lost their head coach to Washington, a very underrated hire, in my opinion, uh, in Kalen DeBoer. And also, I mean, at that time, I thought Jake Hayner wasn't going to play. Now, all of a sudden, the last 24 hours, the starting quarterback for Fresno State, you know, takes his name out of the transfer portal. I mean, that has me a little concerned. But with that being said, uh, they're still laying double digits. UTEP is a team and a program that should be very excited playing in a bowl game. Uh, they're playing relatively close to home in New Mexico there, so they'll have the crowded advantage in that one. So, yeah, UTEP, anything above 10, I, I think even if Hayner does play, I just, I'm not sure that Fresno State's that motivated. Do you like either one of the dogs in the, the Final Four with uh, Cincinnati and Bama and Georgia, Michigan? No, I don't. Uh, you know, I SEC them both. Not that they're high-value picks for me. But I, I did bet Alabama minus 13. I expect that line to probably close 14 once the public gets involved. And then I did lay seven with Georgia in that one. I just think, you know, uh, Georgia will be refocused. I mean, for the first time this year, they got punched in the face, and it was kind of a shock to their system. Now that they, I, I think you'll see more of what we saw from Georgia the first 12 games of the season. Look, Michigan's been red hot. I, I mean, I don't. You haven't made. In fact, you've lost a fortune. Have you been fading Michigan this year? They're 11 and two against the spread. They're covering their games by 10 points per game. So I, I just think, you know, the public will probably come in on Michigan. So my recommendation would be, eh, don't bet Georgia right now. We'll wait on that one. I actually expect Michigan money to show. Army Navy, I'm going over, baby. I'm due. I'm due. No, I, th I think you're okay there. I mean, oh, I did really? bet thir under 37, but that was just getting out in front of the market. I mean, a lot of my bets are like that this time of year. What's the market going to do? And then I can play later after the, the lines move. So, 
you know, I, I tweeted this out. I mean, 15 straight unders. Right. Uh, and I know everyone says, oh, it's due. But, uh, you know, if, if, the to- if we had a 34 and a half total the last 15 years, the over would be eight and seven. So keep that in mind. This ain't five years ago when they were still pricing this game in the low 50s. I mean, they cut off two touchdowns from what this line should be, statistically speaking. So I think you're probably on the right track. I mean, I right now, if I had to bet it, I'd, I'd lean over. Brad, are you doing something uh, special for customers, for listeners, for the Bulls? You get a bowl preview, anything like that people can look up? You know what I, I do? Uh, go to bradpowersports.com if you want to pick on every single bowl game, the yeah. rest of the NFL, NFL playoffs. Uh, my newsletter that I send out weekly is 49 bucks for the rest of the year. Brad, you're awesome, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. There he is. I'm always, like, real jovial at the end of the Brad spot if he agrees with me on a bunch of games. So, sorry you got smacked around there, buddy. Oh, I, that's, you it, should already know. When it comes to sports betting, my mind is not swayed. I just was right. hoping You're still going to go with it. You want a little No, I'm going to run the numbers, and then so next week, because I'll be on uh, Monday, Twin Peaks, and I'll have I'll have some bowl picks for you. Um, I hope you're okay leaving the show because earlier you kind of scared us and said when you leave the show you're very angry. I, no, I wanted to read this to you. Teddy Bridgewater was talking about being around Dan Campbell in the past, right? Dan Campbell's like super fired up guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said after meetings you're ready to just storm out of that meeting and punch a guy in the face for no reason. Nice. Isn't that awesome? You know what's funny, Ari? That reminds me of many of the Lotus sports meetings over the years, oh, over yeah. the last 15 years. I think that's why we canceled them. Yeah, the COVID thing, yeah, sort of. Am I going to have to go into some of those? There's, there aren't. We don't have them. I'll let you. I know. think it was. I think it was due to safety. You come out of there and you're like, "Who am I going to fight this time? Let's go." I right? don't. I don't want to put. Where is Gooch? I'm going to have a pleasant drive home. Silver Sevens Thursday night football. Get on down here. Seventy-seven cent beers. Get down there.